Hello and welcome to Traders Corner. I'm Bronwyn Seaborn and joining me as usual is Garth McKenzie, founder and editor of Traders Corner. Garth, thanks so much for your time today. Ah, thanks Bronwyn. So let's start off with a look at the S&P 500. You did say that the chart is looking a bit range bound at the moment. Yeah, it is at the moment. Uh, we look at this each week and I've highlighted over the last couple of weeks that it's made this triangular pattern. It has broken to the upper end of the triangle structure. But now if you look at it over the last two or three weeks, it's really been quite range bound with the bottom of the range at 20 700 and the top of the range at 2740. So it needs to break one of those two range boundaries to then trigger the next move. If it were able to break above 2740, then chances are we could see a move up towards 2780 and maybe even 2800, which was the March high. Um, on the other hand, if it turns lower, then I think we're going to see it coming down to the 50-day moving average, which is a 2680 and possibly even a little bit below that level. So the critical thing is to watch which way it breaks out of this range when it does eventually break. So while we keep an eye on that, let's get on to the U.S. 10-year Treasury yield chart that you've got for us there. Um, that bumping against the 3% mark coming down a little bit recently, some of the fundamentals saying that that's due to the easing of the oil price as well as some of those concerns in Italy. But let's look at the technicals here. What's at play? Yeah, so if you look at the technicals, now this is a very long-term chart of the US 10-year Treasury yield. I've brought it up this week just because there's been such a lot of chatter about this 3% level on the 10-year the Treasury yield. And it is significant, not only that it's a round figure, um, which is always psychologically important, but also there, there is actually a technical significance to that level. If you look at this chart back in 2014, uh, towards the beginning of that year, that the 10-year Treasury note was at, uh, yielding 3% at that point. Now you can see the big break above this downward trend of the last 10 years or so. Uh, that was significant. That happened last year, actually, in, in 2017. And you've seen the Treasury yield bumping up and moving higher since then. And we are in a rising interest rate environment in the U.S., there's no doubt about that. But where we sit right now, this 3% level is technically significant. It's pushed up into that area and it seems to be coming off a bit. And I, I suspect that this 3% zone is likely to be a bit sticky still for a while. Possibly we could see a little bit of a reset in this yield and then maybe later in the year, this year or next year even and ultimately a, a push out above that 3% level. Um, there's a, there's, it's not labeled here, but there's actually an inverted head and shoulders pattern on this graph that's formed over the past three or four years. And that pattern would project a move up towards 4%. And if you look at the longer term chart here, you can see that 4% is back where these yields were back in 2004, 2005, that sort of time. Um, what the Fed is doing at the moment is they are trying to get rates back to a more normal level and that would mean that basically if it goes up towards 4% then rates would be at a more normal level and that would also then give the Fed the ability to cut rates in the next US recession which is you know will come at some point and I think they want some ammunition to be able to cut rates to stimulate the economy into the next recession so uh, in all likelihood, if it goes towards 4%, then I would imagine the Fed will be comfortable that interest rates have normalized then. So that's some of what's playing out on the international front. Let's come back home and take a look at the top 40 futures. That's still showing that rounding top that you highlighted as well. And you're saying that you think it could be heading lower. 
Well, it's possible. We, we talked about this last week and highlighted this rounding top pattern that was evident on the top 40. Um, and you can see it quite clearly illustrated over here. Now, last week on the show, the level that I said was significant was going to be 51,200. It broke below that level, as I suspected, and it went down to the next significant technical point, which is at 50,500. Now, as we sit here today, the market is quite weak. It's traded below 50,000 today. Um, now, on this chart, there's a gap going back to the beginning of April at 48,670. I've highlighted it over there. If this market were to remain weak, um, it's a possibility that we could actually see this top 40 future trading down towards that gap at some stage. So I think we need to keep an eye. But basically, and, and generally speaking, I don't think this chart looks all that great. And you'll see we're going to, in, in, later in the show, we'll look at some of the other indices, the resources and in industrials and financials. And you'll see that those charts also are all looking a little bit vulnerable at this stage. So before we get into those indices, as you mentioned, let's drill down into the stocks and take a look at what's playing out on that front. Yeah, well, what I've got here is just a uh, two tables of the top 40 stocks on our market. And I did this for a, a webinars and a seminar that I did over the weekend. Um, but I thought it was so interesting to bring it up here. What I've got here is all the shares in the top 40 listed in order of, uh, of market capitalization. So we start with Naspers, then Billiton and Richemont and so on. Um, I'm looking at the 50-day moving average here and the direction, whether the 50-day moving average is pointing up or down. And then this, the, the following column looks at whether the price is below the 50-day moving average or above the 50-day moving average. In, in a situation where you have a stock where the 50-day moving average is pointing down and the price is below the 50-day moving average, then I consider that to be a weak stock because it tells you that the, weak, that the momentum is weak. On the flip side, if you've got a 50-day moving average that's pointing up and the price is above the 50-day moving average, then that's what we call a strong stock. Now, what you'll notice on this table is the abundance of red on, the, um, on this table, which tells you that there's a vast majority of shares in this index that are actually showing very, very weak momentum. The only area where there's sort of an abundance of green at the moment is actually up towards this, the top here where you've got Billiton, um, Richemont and Anglo-American, which are showing strength. But remember, those are also some of the heaviest weight stocks in our market. So what it says is that there's very limited breadth in this market that's holding things up. There's only a handful of heavyweight stocks holding the market up. If, if you drill below the surface, there are a lot of stocks that are exhibiting a lot of technical weakness. You can see it on that slide over there. And if we go back to the, to the next one now, this is the final or the latter half of the top 40 index and the stocks in the top 40 index. Once again, you see an abundance of red on this table over here. And what that really says to me is that approximately 70% of the stocks in the top 40 are actually in technical bear markets at the moment. Um, the index level hides it because of the constituents of the, of the top 40. But when you scratch below the surface, there's a lot of weakness in this market at the moment. So then how do we use that information? Well, I mean, typically what you would do is you, you'd ideally want to be shorting the weakest stocks from a trading perspective. And if you're looking for buying opportunities, you'd prefer to try and buy the stocks that are exhibiting technical strength. Just because you're always going to improve your probability of success if you align yourself with the general momentum in a stock or, or in certain areas of the market.
So you mentioned scratching beneath the surface. So let's take a look at the indices and how they're faring. Let's start off by looking at the resources. Yeah, so resources, I showed this last week and we're going to show it again. Um, last week when we were on, on the program, I said watch this 41,000 area on the resources index because it's the top of a large megaphone structure. And you can see the top, that resistance that goes back to November last year and joins the high in January this year. Comes in at around about 41,000 and we've seen the resource index turning down off that resistance point. So it looks as if it's now in, embarked on a period of consolidation, it's pulling back. I won't be surprised to see this market retrace 50% of that recent rally. So that would probably see the resource index pulling back towards the 50-day moving average, maybe even towards the 200-day moving average here. So it looks for the time being like the, the strength that we've seen in the resources is behind us for the moment. So then let's get on to industrials and financials. Yeah, so industrials also not looking fantastic. You can see it's been in a downward sloping channel here since November of last year. It recently reversed off the upper boundary of that channel and has begun to trade lower. There's a significant lateral support zone here, which is at 73,350. And that appears as if it's vulnerable to breaking to the downside. So if this industrial index continues to trade below that lateral support zone that I'm pointing out there, it's possible that we could come back and revisit the April lows down at 70,000 on this index again. And financials looking any better? Not really, unfortunately. This is also a bit precarious as things stand. Uh, you know, those that know their technicals will look at that and see there's a big head and shoulders pattern over there. Uh, it, the, the neckline of the pattern here comes in at about 16,800 on this financial index, which corresponds with the 200-day moving average. So, you know, if it is able to hold that 200-day moving average, maybe there's a chance for a bit of a bounce. But as I look at that at the moment, the momentum here is not so good. You can see the 50-day moving average rolling over. This also is a stock, a, a chart that um, is a little bit vulnerable in my mind. So given all that you've said now about the JSC, are you going to be executing any trades this week? No, no nothing locally this week. Uh, but what I'm going to look at is two stocks that I think the viewers can keep an eye on, and they're overseas stocks. Okay. We're turning our attention to the US here, and we're looking at the tech sector. Um, the first chart here is Netflix. And the reason I brought Netflix up first is just to show you the technical setup here and then you'll notice when we look at amazon.com next that the technical shape of the graph is very very similar there notice on netflix the price went sideways it had been bumping up against this overhead resistance at 335 dollars an ounce making lower high uh, higher lows rather all along and ultimately one would have expected a break to the upside here and that's exactly what we got now if you take a look at the chart of amazon.com you'll see that there's a very very similar technical picture playing out over here the price is bumping up against $1,615 a share. And I think if it can break out through that, that would be a very bullish break and it would point to further upside in the price of Amazon.com. Great. So we're almost out of time. Let's check in on the SA and overseas portfolios. Yeah, so the SA portfolio is slightly off from last week. We still are along a position in Remgro here, which is underwater for us at the moment. The portfolio is up 6.9% for the year to date. And in the offshore portfolio, there's no changes this week. Um, still up 1.3% for the year to date. So you also have a course coming up. Give us some detail on that as yes, well. Yes, it's my high probability trading course. It's on the 23rd of June, which is a Saturday. It's a full day course. Um, the price is reduced for the month of June. It's a winter promotion that we're running. It's 1,990 Rand per person. And anyone that's interested in attending that, please can send me an email to garth at traderscorner.co.za. And of course, 
viewers can also subscribe to your weekly newsletter as well. Yes, if you go to traderscorner.co.za and you go to the middle of the page, you'll see there's a link for a free weekly email. Uh, if you click on that, you can register your details. It's quick and simple. It won't take you more than two minutes. And uh, then what we'll do is send you an email every Tuesday detailing what is coming up on the show for that week. Great. Sounds awesome. Thanks so much, Garth. Thanks. Garth McKenzie is founder and editor of Traders Corner.